0: joy comes in the morning. The word night is found 429 times in scripture and quite often when we see this word night it refers to unpleasant experiences. It's often unpleasant. You remember that Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three nights. Jacob wrestles with an angel and the wrestling match lasted all night. Paul and Silas and many others were imprisoned during the night and then Jesus lay dead in a borrowed tomb and the old Baptist preacher said it. He laid there all night Friday. Some of y'all should be able to help me out right there. All night Saturday. But then early Sunday morning. I'm so glad to be back here. Er, that's the folks that know about early Sunday morning. He, but, 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 but the nighttime was difficult because during those nights, it didn't look like it was going to turn out too well. That uh, late Prince of Preachers Gardner Taylor said that uh, the fri- this was the only Friday in history that saw two nights in one day because the sky was darkened when Jesus laid his head in the locks of his shoulders, and then the real night came and was unpleasant, but he got up early Sunday morning. If you live long enough, you're sure to encounter some nights. The night is sure to come if you if you hang around long enough. Uh, let me just say right here that night is not defined only by chronology, because nighttime can come in broad daylight. It doesn't have to be dark for it to be night. Uh, one of the most well-known night experiences is found here in our text, in Daniel chapter 6. And from it, I hope to express to you, and hopefully we'll find uh, some ways that we can figure out how to survive the night. First thing I see in this story is, first thing we have to do if we're going to have any chance at surviving the night is, I think, from this passage, we'll find out that we have to first understand its causes. we got to understand what precipitates the night. What, where does it come from? Where do the, what brings the night on? How, how do we find ourselves in the midst of nighttime experiences? There's a few different ways that night comes. One of the ways is this. God sometimes, sometimes God will take us to nighttime experiences. He'll take us there in order to build us. He'll take us there in order to shape and mold us. Uh, if you don't believe me, Scripture helps us out because in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, the Bible says this. It says, uh, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations because the, the, the trying of our faith worketh patience and James says let patience have its perfect work with you so that you can be perfect and complete lacking nothing it only happens sometimes through nighttime experiences and God will allow us to go through the night sometimes so that he can build us and work on us but then it's not always God sometimes sometimes we bring night on ourselves Sometimes we bring it on by doing wrong things. And so we can't blame all the night experiences on God. We can't blame all of them on the devil. Sometimes we just mess up. And when we mess up and make wrong choices and wrong decisions, we'll find ourselves smack dab in the middle of midnight. Uh, A midnight experience that we wish and pray that we could be out of, but we look back over it and we realize that if we had not made the decisions that we made, It wouldn't have turned out that way. And so we can get into nighttime uh, ourselves if we're not careful. God can take us there. We can take ourselves there. But there's a third way. Sometimes we can uh, be doing all the right things and doing everything well. Uh, Doing the right thing also can cause nighttime experiences. Not always messing up. I'm reminded of World War II. World War II, uh, the veteran pilots were charged with training the newbies who were coming uh, to fly planes in World War II. And I'm reminded of the story of how they trained them. And when they were training them, the newbies had a question. This was in the days before modern technology. There was no GPS. There was no radar. And the newbie pilots asked the veteran pilots, how will we know when we are over the right target? Veterans said, well, you will know you're over the right target when they start shooting at you. And I said that to simply say that sometimes you can be doing everything right and they'll be shooting at you. Who is they? Well, sometimes night comes because of not because of God, not because of ourselves, but sometimes it's our enemies. Amen, somebody. Sometimes it comes, so so the young folks, the young folks call call them haters. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Some of you got haters and don't even know you got haters. But sometimes it's the enemies that will cause us to be smack dab in the middle of a nighttime experience. Sometimes they do that. And Daniel, y'all thought I had forgot about it. I'm going back there. Daniel had some haters. He had some enemies that caused him to be cast into the midst of a difficult situation. Verses 3 and 4, we see it play out. Can I read it again for you? Verses 3 and 4 says this. Chapter 6, verse 3 says, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high fishers and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. They began to be jealous of him. They planned to set him over the whole kingdom, the king did. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. And no error or fault was found in him. They just didn't like him. They didn't like him, and because they didn't like him, they wanted to cause him harm. And, and, and so because of that, they go to the king. You, you, we just read it. You, you saw what happened. They go to the king and they say, king, uh, we need to make a decree. We need to make an ordinance so that if anybody is caught, it's in verse 7. Let's read verse 7. Verse 7 says this. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, Uh, Are agreed, they say to the king, that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any God or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of the lions. You know the reason why they did that? Because they knew how faithful Daniel was. They knew that Daniel would not waver. They knew that Daniel would not hesitate. They could find no other fault in him. And they knew that he would not stop serving his God. So they go to the king and they say, "Uh, King, we need to do something. And they don't mention Daniel's name because they already have figured out that the king has an affinity for Daniel. So they don't mention his name. They just make it general and generic and they, because they're trying to get Daniel. Sometimes other folks will bring on night experiences. They're angry at him they, for no apparent reason, right? And so this happens. It, it, it casts us oftentimes. time. These things cast us into. So, so, so here's the question. Here's the question that comes out of this. What do you do? when night comes what what happens what 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 response what should be your response when nighttime comes? well I think the text gives us some answers first thing I see in the text is this first thing we should do is what Daniel did don't panic don't panic right don't panic remain calm and remain consistent you think I'm making it up look at verse 10 it's right there look at what Daniel does verse 10 Verse 10, when Daniel knew, he knows what's going on. He knows the decree. He knows the ordinance that has been written. And he knows the, 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 the threat that is before him, right? He knows it, but look at what he does. The document had been signed. He went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God As he had done previously. Here's my suggestion. When nighttime comes, don't panic. Don't freak out. Here's what what blesses me about Daniel. Daniel was a teenager when he was taken captive from Jerusalem. And when he was taken captive as a teenager back in Daniel chapter 1... He was determined to live then for the Lord. He was determined not to eat the king's food, not to drink the king's wine, not to be brainwashed by the king then, and he stayed constant. He stayed committed then when he was a teenager. Now, in chapter 6, Daniel is 80 years old, and he does what he had always done since he was a boy. He didn't change. He went into his house, he gets the news. It's not a secret, he gets the news of this decree. And what does he do? He goes into his house, he opens the window, he kneels and he prays three times a day, just as he always had. The circumstances had no effect on his consistency. Hebrews 10, 23 says this, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. We have to be consistent. We have to continuously serve God like we always have. Daniel didn't panic. Although it was getting dark, the threat of night was looming large, he could have done some things different. And if it had been you or I, we probably would have. Just admit it. Just go ahead and admit you wouldn't have done what Daniel did. (laughs) I just, I, I can just, I can just assume that Daniel. Uh, was probably not the first one that had to suffer the threat of the lion's den. So it probably was a well-known punishment. And it probably was well-known among the people that if you are thrown into the lion's den, it's not going to be pretty. So I can just tell you right now, I wouldn't have done what Daniel did. It would have been hard for me (laughs) to continue to do. But look at what he does. Daniel, he doesn't panic. He, he could have done some things different. He could have lost his cool. He could have said, uh, well, you know, it's not going to hurt me to not pray one day. <laughs> it's not going to hurt me to miss. God knows me. Here we go. God knows my heart. All y'all have said that. Don't be playing with me. God knows my heart. He could have said that. Or he could have said, Brother Kim, he could have said, I'll pray, but I'll keep the windows closed. So nobody can see me. I'll pray in secret. Well, what does Daniel do? Daniel says, no, I'm going to do everything the exact way that I've always done it because my God. I'm so glad I'm back here because I can get loud here. (laughs) I've been preaching quiet for a month. Can I preach loud a little bit? (laughs) Daniel says, I am going to trust in my God. The same God that delivered me, that has been with me for 80 years. Nighttime doesn't bother me. Nighttime is no threat to me. The lions are no threat to me because I serve a God who's able. So he, instead of skipping a day or closing the windows, he does what he's always done. So first thing I see is don't panic remain consistent. Then I see something else in in this story and that is this. Impressions are important. I want to explain to you what I mean by that. Impressions that you make on people. I know we're not supposed to be trying to please folks and I know that. But impressions that you make on people as you live life on a daily basis are important. That's the reason why you should attempt to make a good and a lasting impression on everybody you come in contact with, whether they receive it well or not. You should, you should exude the love of Christ and you should let your light shine so that they'll glorify your God who's in heaven. And I'm going to tell you the reason why I say that. Uh, you're going to need support when your nighttime comes. Again, I said it before. I said it before I started. This is for fathers and for everybody. You're going to need support when nighttime comes. The impressions you make on others will incline them to support you even if they don't believe like you believe. They'll be inclined because of uh, the impression, especially if you were there for them during their nighttime. It means a lot to be there for someone. Uh, let, 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 me, let me tell you what I mean. Let me, let me show it to you in the story. Uh, let's read verse 16. 16 says this. 16, it says, Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of the lions. So look at what happens in the second part. Then the king declared to Daniel, may, God, may your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. He's praying for Daniel. And in Daniel's corner, in Daniel's nighttime, but look at verse 18. Look, look, at how, look at how concerned this non-believing king is about this man of God, Daniel. Verse 18. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him and sleep fled from him. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. His concern was for Daniel. So the the, the obvious question is why? Why would this man be so concerned about Daniel? Why would he lose sleep, not eat because of Daniel? Uh, Daniel was a compassionate, all of his life, Daniel had been not just a prophet, but Daniel, all of his life, had been a compassionate problem solver and a prophet. And he had found favor all of his life with all of the kings that he had come in contact with. He found favor with Nebuchadnezzar. He found favor with Belshazzar. He found favor now, finds favor with Darius. All one needs to do is go back chapter 5 because in chapter 5 you'll find where Darius and Daniel first meet. It was during the time that Daniel is interpreting the handwriting on the wall that Belshazzar couldn't figure out. Darius is present. He witnesses what Daniel does. And he is overwhelmed and Daniel makes an impression on him. And it goes back further because Daniel has a reputation of being a problem solver and somebody who cares for everybody. He did it for Nebuchadnezzar. He does it for Belshazzar, and Darius is present. He witnesses it, and it changes his, his, his outlook on Daniel, and because of this, he has an affinity for Daniel. It's because nobody else could interpret the dreams. I mean, the, the handwriting on the wall. Nobody else could do it, but Daniel does it. He solves the problem for the king, and Darius is there, for King Belshazzar, and Darius is there, and he witnesses it, and he hears the stories about all Daniel has done all of his life. He has an affinity to him. Daniel makes an impression, and because of this, this man prays for Daniel, fast for Daniel, doesn't sleep on Daniel's behalf, wakes up early in the morning, runs to the den of the lions, calling out to Daniel, Daniel, has your God saved you from the hungry lions? Let me tell you something. It may not seem like much. may not seem important. But when nighttime comes, you're going to need all the help you can get. And I don't know about you, but I want people praying for me. When I'm in the midst of my nighttime, I'd love to know that there are some folks that can't sleep. Because I'm in a night... When, when somebody is sick in my family, I love to know that somebody that I made an impression on th- somewhere in my life is on their knees praying for me, can't sleep, tossing and turning, can't eat because they're praying for me because I'm in a distressing situation. Impressions are important. Be careful how you treat people. Because you just never know when you might need them. Don't burn bridges in life. Because you never know when you may have to go back across it. It's important not to try to please everyone, but to make good impressions. But I see something else in this story. I also see, if you're going to survive the night, You've got to know the causes. You have to not panic, but remain committed to God. But then what I see that's probably the most important thing, Cody, is if you're going to have any chance at surviving the night, you've got to do what Daniel does in verse 23. And in verse 23, Daniel does this. You know what he does? He just keeps believing. You look. No matter what, look at verse twenty-three. Look at what it says. Verse twenty-three says, "Then the king, exceedingly glad, and uh, the king was exceedingly glad, and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den." So Daniel was taken up out of the, out of the den, and no kind of harm was found in him. Why? Here's the reason why: because he had trusted in God. Uh, So let me me say this. I'm getting ready to sit down, but I need to tell you this. It's one thing to believe and pray when you're threatened. But what about when the unthinkable becomes reality, when the threat is no longer just a threat, but now it is a stark, difficult reality staring you in the face? And you find yourself surrounded by hungry, roaring lions. Do, 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 you, do, you, do you hold fast to your professional faith when the lions are slobbering? When the lions hadn't eaten for a week and they're ready for you and they're, they're looking at you. Do, do you pray? In those kind, Daniel holds fast to his faith. He believed in his God. They were licking their chops. But Daniel was praying and believing in his God. And because he was praying and believing in his God, he uses the lions for a pillow. And he goes to sleep without a care in the world because his God was on the throne. He believed and he called on his God. You believe that? You believe that part of trusting is calling? Do you believe that when nighttime comes that you ought to call on him? Maybe like you've never called on him before? Do you? I believe that part of what Daniel was doing while he was in the lion's den was calling. I don't know what he called him. Right? I don't know, but I do know that he called him. I don't know if he called him Jehovah. I don't know if he called him Yahweh. I don't know if he called him Lord. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, know. I know when I was growing up and I would go to Big Mama's house. Y'all know who? Anybody got a Big Mama? And Big Mama would be in the kitchen and something would just come over her. And all of a sudden, as a little child, I would hear Big Mama holler out, Good God from heaven. I didn't know what was going on. All I knew was she was calling somebody. she said, good God, I don't know what Daniel called him, but all I know is that he called him. I don't know if he called him. I know Moses had a word for him. Moses called him the Passover lamb and the lifted up one. I don't know what, what Daniel called him, but I know some others who had some names for him. Joshua called him the captain of our salvation. Ruth saw him as a family redeemer. Samuel saw him as our king. David called him the lion of Judah and the good shepherd. Solomon was. To Solomon, he was the beloved. Ezra and Nehemiah saw him as our restorer. Esther saw him as our advocate. Job said he was just a redeemer. Isaiah described him as a suffering servant. Ezekiel called him the son of man. Daniel here calls him the prince and in other places the smiting stone. To Obadiah, he was savior. To Jonah, he was the resurrection and the life. Yeah. Micah called him a witness. Nahum says that he was a stronghold in the day of trouble. Habakkuk described him as God of my salvation. I don't know what you call him when your nighttime comes. I'm just giving you some suggestions from some others who've called on him along the way. You can pick one of these names or you can, you can find one for yourself. Haggai said he was the desire of all nations. To Zephaniah, he was a jealous lord. To Zechariah, he was a righteous branch. Malachi, Malachi declared him as the son of, of righteousness. And then in John chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist cried out, look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I don't know what you call him, but when nighttime comes, you're going to need to find something to call him. You're going to need to call him something. And if you can't say anything but Jesus, have mercy on me. That's what Bartimaeus said, Jesus Have mercy on me. And if you can't do anything but be like the woman that had the issue of blood, just say, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, he'll deliver me from my nighttime. How do you survive the night? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make you pass straight. Let's pray. Eternal God, thank you so much for being God. Thank you for your love.